The Kansas City Chiefs have an eighth AFC West title under their belt. They corrected some things. They still have some work to do, but they beat the Bengals, which makes everybody around Chiefs Kingdom feel good, including us and Matt Derrick live from Arrowhead. Our guy inside, we're going to get it all, give you all the details today on eight titles here on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We are post-game live on Locked On Chiefs. We're brought to you, like most uh, episodes are these days, by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use the code in lowercase LOCKEDONNFL. Get your $100 deposit match today at PrizePix. A lot of prizes to be claimed. Some guys are very, very close. We'll talk about where they're going next. What does the seeding look like for this team? Where are they now? against the rest of the AFC West. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football. He's Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner, running down all the quarterback details, and our man on the ground, Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com, editor-in-chief, senior producer of the podcast, uh, the YouTube channel. Go check it all out at ChiefsDigest.com and here on the YouTube platform. Matt, bottom line, it looked iffy at times, but they got it done. They secure the West. They secure, for mo- all intents and purposes, the number three seed. This was a good day out, I think, despite some hiccups. I was very pleasantly surprised that they were able to just buckle down and go straight ahead and get things done. What stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, the, the Chiefs did one thing that they have not been doing a lot is switch score. I mean, okay, with six field goals, but seven scoring drives. So that's something you haven't seen in a while. And I think any 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 football coach will always tell you there's no such thing as an ugly win. So mm-hmm. this, I guess you can say this was not an ugly win because there aren't such things. Um, but no, I mean if we're we're talking about things that we can take away from this and you know when you know what's the kind of the lessons learned. I mean, you know once again we saw the the defense really step up and have another dominating performance. You know I I I think it, the defense was kind of testing itself a little little early on as far as you know what the the, the Bengals were doing. Um, Spagnolo talked during the week about really kind of wanting to be prepared for the Bengals doing both, you know, running the football and, you know, attacking downfield. And, and I think that's why you saw them play maybe a little tentative in the first half of just kind of feeling their jabs and figuring out what the Bengals were going to do. But then when you saw them in the second half, and especially once they got the lead, they were absolutely, absolutely tee off on that quarterback. So uh, I think a lot of good things to take away from the defense offensively. Um, you know, it, it, it took him a while to get to 18 carries, but Isaiah Pacheco just pounded the football at the Bengals all night long. A very strong performance from him. Uh, Rasheed Rice, a big game. Harrison Butker obviously was nails throughout. Um, Mahomes had the fumble, but, you know, the, and the offensive line protection was a little iffy at times. But, I mean, once again, you're not going to complain about a win. These have been few and far between for the Chiefs over the last six weeks or so. So take it and, you know, hey, if the if the Chiefs can do what they did today and simply improve their efficiency once they get down into the red zone and they get down towards the goal line, I mean, that, that's what you want from this team. I mean, you know, if you tr- convert a couple of those field goals into scoring touchdown drives, and that's exactly what you want from this team. I mean, they're not there yet, but did they show us signs of maybe getting closer? Yeah, I mean, they did show to some development today. Well, and I think that you said everything. That, I mean, you hit it all, all the points. 
Uh, Rasheed Rice had a big day. Uh, we have not seen from him what he was able to do the, today, that 67-yard catch. Uh, he has not been thrown to over the top, I don't believe, in any of the games this season that I've seen. Uh, and to be able to come down with that one and make a good play on the ball uh, and continue to get yardage for this team, he puts himself in a position where if he has a big week in Week 18, he could be the first Chiefs receiver to go over 1,000 yards. Uh, and that's something that I didn't think was going to happen early in the season because of the way he, uh, he was starting off. And I understand, you know, you start off slow, you build up and, and all that, but uh, he's looked great the past couple of weeks, and I love how quickly he gets the ball and heads right upfield. Uh, Pacheco, five carries for 88 yards in the first half. Uh, he had a huge first half. I think, it what, what was it, 18-plus yards per carry on his first five carries. Obviously, it slowed down a little bit, but that's going to happen. Uh, and then the Chiefs defense, I mean, 17 points in the first half, nothing in the second half. Uh, and you talked about Bucker, 18 straight points uh, for this team scoring 19 overall. He would have beat the Bengals by himself. <laughs> That's saying something. I think the nature of how they got this done is what really stands out to me. It was a lot more straightforward. We've we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks. Take Make your life easier. Make it simpler. In, in attacking more vertically, both in the run game, I saw more man blocking tonight than I expected. Uh, still with the staple inside, outside zones, et cetera. I saw some pulls, but it was very much, I think, simple and straightforward and run downhill, find your crease and go. It worked. And Pacheco had a couple of big plays early. I felt like that fed the offensive line, gave them the confidence, which I think a, a physical beat in the run game always does for an offensive line. And then you got to see them pick apart. They lured. Lou Amarillo, in, and the, the Bengals' defense itself into coming down and giving them single high looks. And that's honestly how any of the big pass plays were able to come off, particularly the one to Rice, who just had to give a stab step, get loose on the inside, and beat one man, and that's all she wrote. I think this is the way that they have to formulate their game plans going forward. I think this proved the theory that we've been talking about, Matt. Do you think they can double down on this concept and do this again and again and again? Well, you hope so. I mean, and you know, and like Patrick told us on the on the Rasheed Rice catch that he he thought that it looked like a blown coverage to him that there should have been some safety help over the top, but he, they kind of caught the Bengals in a bad alignment, and one of their safeties made a poor decision. Um, but you know what? That's the thing is that you know when a team does that, when a team breaks down its coverage, when it, it makes a bad play, when it makes a mistake, you have to make them pay. And the Chiefs this year, when teams have been doing that, they have been making plays. They've been making drops, is what they do. Um, this was a case where Rasheed Rice was open and made a big play, um, and that has been few and far between. I think that that offense absolutely needed it, and you know, and the funny thing is the offense is on the field, so otherwise I think there would have been obviously more of them. But late in the game, um, as the you know getting ready for that the the Bengals, I guess it was the fourth down play um, during that that string of sacks on the four sacks and like five play sequence. Um, the, I, I don't know the name of the song. I'm sure someone out there will be able to feed us and tell us what it was. I'm not hip enough to know what it was. Um, <laughs> but the, the defense was dancing rather emphatically on the sideline and the few offensive guys that were on the sideline, like Pacheco and Kelsey were, were dancing pretty well. That's the most swagger I've seen in this team in a long, long time. And yeah, I mean, it was mostly defensive fueled, but even seeing the offense get involved a little bit, this offense hasn't had a reason to have any swagger lately. So that's I, I I think if this is the kind of performance that at least need, gives them a little bit of their confidence back, then it's going to be a good thing. Well, and we'll see how this parlay is going forward. I don't know that we'll see many of the starters next week in Week 18 against the Chargers. I think that a lot of them could use some time off just to refresh and get ready for the wild card. 
Um, but you know, they, they needed this. I mean, if they if they're going to make a playoff run, then they needed to have be able to feel good about themselves. And this was a feel good game for the most part. Well, and that's where it gets it's interesting to me. You talk, start talking about week 18 and what they could do. It's a question of do you want to take away? Do you want to go in a situation where you rest your starters? I understand the thought process. You don't want to get anybody hurt. But to actually have a offensive game plan where you put up almost 400 yards against the Bengals, a team that you've struggled against uh, consistently and driving the length of the field multiple different times, uh, especially on that one that uh, I could not understand why Richie James brought the ball out of the end zone on a punt, <laughs> but they went, <laughs> what, 90, almost 90 yards on that play by or on that drive by itself. Uh, that is something that the Chiefs need to do. But something you said earlier about the Chiefs have not taken advantage of mistakes that other teams have had, that is absolutely true. But the reverse of it is also true in the fact that the Chiefs have been making mistakes that the other teams have, have taken advantage of. Happened again today with the fumble uh, that the Bengals got a, a quick touchdown on right after. Yeah, and and to me, that's just it was. It's another great example of this defense and what kind of a job it's done this year. Um, yeah, they're they're they were put up against the wall there, and it makes it very difficult for them to get out of that without giving up some points. But again, I mean, this defense, when you just look at what they're credited with on the field and what they give up, it's another strong performance. Um, they also had another big stop. Obviously, you know, it kept the kept the Bengals out of the end zone on, when they go for it on fourth and short. Um, this, you know, and, and that was pretty critical. I mean, absolutely. So to me, this, yeah, this has been this, the season, this season has largely been defined to me by the fact that the Chiefs make mistakes, other teams take advantage of them, and the Chiefs have largely not taken advantage of many of the mistakes that their opponents give them. And this was an example of at least that showing some signs of turning around. So that, if that's what it takes to get this team going and moving in the right direction, this could be the start of something. And the defense is most likely to lead that. They had some fire tonight. Was that a plus? How did that happen? And what can they double down on? That's coming up next. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 point of three points made and receptions is a combo that you could have had. Uh, one to play alongside of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can find the community plays under the promos tab of the app to find to view entries from some of the biggest names in Price Picks communities each week. Price Picks even offers you a reboot policy so that your entries play in even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have any player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily for fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL using code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. This ball game came down to being able to sustain what you had to sustain on offense. They did a good job with that. But as you said in the last segment, Matt, this came down to doing your job on the defensive side of the ball. They had some fire. 
there's a little bit of fireworks early between teammates. Uh, Menhu, Willie Gay, get into it. I felt like that galvanized this defensive group. You know, it pushed each other to that next level. My my notes as I went through the ball game became less and less red, even on the defensive side that admittedly gave up a lot of first downs, particularly on third down, to a backup quarterback that really had no business of completing and making some of those downs. But they rose and they came back. An all-star game from Nick Bolton, I think, both uh, made a couple of nice plays in coverage and obviously was there spying at the end, making sure – that that adjustment was taken care of. I thought that was critical to the stretch run. What did you see from the defense and the fire they brought? Yeah, I thought that was a really nice adjustment that, that Steve Spagnuolo made defensively was to, to leave Bolton in there as a bit of a spy. Um, and he played it really, really well. Um, it definitely, I, th- I think, affected that pass rush as, as, as the second half wore on um, because Jake Browning had nowhere to escape. Uh, that was it. And, and obviously the pass rush itself was performing better in the second half. Um, the blitzing was, you know, a little bit was ob- certainly more effective. Um, there were some blitzes in the first half that really didn't pay off to me. And part of that was because, like I said earlier, I mean, the Chiefs were kind of trying to defend both ways. I mean, they wanted to watch out to make sure that they weren't getting be- beat by either the run game or the screen game. Um, Bengals have been really successful in both those areas in the past. And they also want to make sure they don't get beat, beat deep. So, uh, but you know, a lot of it was obviously you you trust Legereus need to trust to shut down Jamar Chase, which he did to the tune of forty one yards. Um, you trust your guys and Justin Reed to your other corners to to lock down T Higgins, which they did pretty pretty good job of most of the game, and and then it it, it really came down to just making sure that that Joe Mixon doesn't beat you and that you, your quarterback doesn't doesn't get out of the pocket and make plays. So you, against the Bengals, you do have to guard against a lot of different things, and I thought that the Chiefs' defense at its times was a little bit tentative. I definitely saw that on you know the blitz where I think Legere Sneed would have had a sack if he just kept going. But he pulled up because it looked like he was a bit indecisive. Um, so they had to make an adjustment. And and one thing the Bengals were, I, I think, in the first half, definitely targeting Nick Bolton. Is guy, that's the guy that they wanted to throw at. And they did have success in a couple of plays. But the fact that, hey, he leads the team, I think, 13 tackles today, um, that's evidence. And remember, too, I mean, he's also doing it with literally one arm and not his dominant arm. Uh, you know, so Nick's going, Nick, Nick is, Nick is playing through a lot of challenges right now and still playing at an extremely high level. So I'm, I'm with you there, Ryan. I mean, I, I thought that it was, uh, it was not only a good performance by Bolton, but also just a really good adjustment by the chiefs defensively to put him in that spot. Well, and you look at what they were able to do overall, you start looking at the defensive stats and six sacks on the day, Justin Reed led the team with two sacks. Uh, Carl Loftus with one and a half uh, reads sacks at the end of the game. It was great blitzes on his part. And I agree with you, man. I think he has, I think Snead had a sack early. If he actually just goes after him and doesn't stop. Uh, I couldn't believe he stopped, but uh, at that point it is what it is. Uh, and you look at what they were able to do with Jamar chase. And I'm curious, I'm not sure that uh, chase caught three balls on, on Snead, but I do know that I think Snead allowed him 38 yards uh, at least early in the third quarter. Maybe he got another one later. Uh, but he was playing in most of the game. So still, regardless, against the number one wide receiver for the Bengals and against one of the top ten wide receivers, probably top five, close to top five at least in the NFL, and to hold him to that, it's exactly what you want. And Sneed showed the fire, uh, and I think he got in, in Jamar's head as well. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought I thought for sure. I thought definitely. I mean, during the week and everything, at least on Friday, um, Jamar Chase was trying to bait Legereus Sneed, and I don't exactly 
understand why unless he thought that he could just bait him into a fight that he could win. Um, but Ladarius really isn't that kind of guy. I mean, I don't know why he thought he could get either get into his head or something, but um, Ladarius doesn't have that kind of mentality, and he's still trying to, to bait him, and I don't quite understand why after the game <laughs> with some of his remarks. Um, we won't get into them because they are of a certain color, um, but uh, hey, I don't, I don't really get it. I mean, I know that's and, and some of the Chiefs were saying that, and, and Chris Jones, I think, said it actually from the podium. I mean, that's the Bengals. I mean, they like to talk. So I guess we shouldn't expect anything differently. But, um, I mean, my philosophy is if you're going to talk, you better back it up. And last year, the Chiefs talked and didn't back it up. And this year, Bengals talked and didn't back it up. Bottom line is this was a, a meeting of two teams that are struggling. Underachievers both. One due to injury, maybe more than others, and one due to, to youth and, and lack of concentration, to tell you the truth. In the end, being able to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get it done that sets the stage. Obviously, as you said, week 18, I think Travis Kelsey needs 16 yards for a thousand, you know, 60 or something from uh, 62. Rice. You need to go get those things done. But other than that, this isn't a whole lot of impetus. I think this was something that they can base themselves on in leaping into the postseason. That wild card week is bearing down on us. The defense has to be the backbone still, though. And I thought the the difference we saw in the defensive line, George Karloft has played maybe his best game this season at this point late in the game. And that's what really stood out to me in that he rose to the occasion as the fourth quarter got going a lot like his partner, Chris Jones does. And that's, that's just osmosis to me. That's being in the same room. Uh, many of you played the game very well early. Um, you got a little bit more attention as I noticed as the game went on. But that's when other players have to fill in. We saw some pass rush on the inside from Leo Chanel. We saw a number of things as Steve Spagnuolo kind of let loose the reins a little bit. And I think that's another key omen for what's coming. This defense has to continue that. And I think in order to get a win in the wheel, wild card, Matt, how much of this has to be a continued ugly wins with the defense leading the way? There's no such thing as an ugly win, Ryan. There's only there's well, only good when it comes to the alphabets. There's only good W's, man. I mean, <laughs> less pretty then. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, we have to accept that this is how this team is going to win games. I mean, this is not your your 2018, 2019, 2020 Chiefs that's going to go out there and and boat race some people and every once in a while get in a boat race themselves. Um, their defense is too good for that, so they're not going to end up in a place where they're going to have to catch up with anybody, but also the, the offense doesn't appear that it's ready to go out and put 42 points on, on a, on a legitimate playoff caliber team right now. So how are they going to win games? I mean, they're going to win by mucking it up a little bit and, and doing what they said that they were going to do this week, which was simplify things a bit, you know, be a, a little bit, maybe I, I hate to say less aggressive because I think that they still took their shots, but you know, they had a game plan. And certainly if you look at the script in the first 15 or 20 plays, I mean, this was a, a, a fairly tight game plan as far as, you know, trying to get the ball out quick, get the ball out early, not force Mahomes to spend a lot of time in the pocket making reads. I mean, it was designed to try and get guys open in space quickly and then, you know, try and just kind of pick this team apart. But the other part of it was to run the football. And if they can show a commitment to continuing to run the football in the postseason, I, I think that's a, a good thing for them. I mean, I, I have a feeling that, you know, when we see this team bow out, if they do bow out of the playoffs, we're going to look down and say, well, okay, Mahomes threw the ball 44 times. Isaiah Pacheco ran the ball eight times and Clyde ran it three, you know, and that's, they probably never really got anything established. So 
that's that is how this team has to win. They have to win the the way that they won today. And if that means it's Steve DeBerg, Alex Smith football, uh, <laughs> embrace it. I mean, that's how you're going to win games. The big thing to me in this one was that they overcame what they what they've struggled overcoming with in the past couple of weeks. Uh, they still had a couple of drops. They were still able to win the game. They had, you know, a turnover and they lost the turnover battle and they still won the game. And they lost in they lost a turnover battle and gave them a short field. Uh, but the defense was able to stop the the Bengals in the second half, and I think that's huge. Uh, penalties were a little bit ab about this game, but it wasn't a huge uh, deal like it has been for Kansas City lately. And that's you know the big thing. If they're moving in the right direction in those three areas, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, you're yeah you still had drops. Yeah, you still had a turnover, but you're able to overcome them, and that was really what got them to win the game today. Absolutely. And what does that do for the next? step forward the chiefs look like they're going to be the three seed what does the afc picture look like for the playoff run the wild card certainly being the start we're going to do that right after this message from our friends at FanDuel. the regular season's almost gone so it's time to start looking at those wild card games and getting yourself into the action and that is with FanDuel, america's number one sports book that's the easiest way to get it done and right now, new customers are getting $150 in bonus bets back to their accounts just by winning a $5 bet on that money line. Get in there, get it guaranteed, and get your bonus bets. It's $150 back in bonus bets, win or lose, on that $5 bet. It's easy. You can go to the app. You can get all the information that you need. Same game parlays are available. The best that you can get on the new Explore tab and find bets that way. The parlay is in the parlay hub, and that's the best way to find popular parlays where you add multiple options to your list, and you can get all that, plus the money lines and the props and all that and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. Whether it's here on the football field or in basketball or any other sporting venture, you can get $150 right now at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Now, this is what I'm really enjoying is the fact that <clears throat> at this point, all the hem and haw and all the complaining that I've done all season long, Matt, they're still the number three seed. That's not going to change so long as they close out the season as they should. They're not going to get the one. Uh, I don't even think there's a mathematical possibility at number two right now, if I'm correct. Okay. okay. So yeah, it's number look. three or bust. That they can't even get the four. Fine. No, they can't even get the four at three. this point. Yeah, okay. they're set at three. There's nothing to play for in this next game at all because I did look. If the Bills win, they take the the two seed because they beat the Chiefs earlier. If uh, and the AFC or the AFC South doesn't matter to, who is the number four seed. Uh, for some reason, I, I think it's probably conference record. Chiefs win the three seed regardless. So at this point, they have absolutely zero to play for. I think Matt would agree. I think we lost his audio here for a second, so I'll just go with the fact that I kind <laughs> Sorry of dig that. that. Yes. Oh, and yeah, hey, they do. do you agree? The Chiefs. The Chiefs do uh, own tiebreakers over Jacksonville, Indy, and Houston. So, um, I think with Indianapolis, it goes down to because they would have the same conference record. I think it then goes down to common opponents. Um, so that's not going to change no matter what happens with next week's action. So, yep, Chiefs are locked into the three. Okay. That tells me a couple of things that a next week is going to be about stats and padding and making your uh, year end projections and trying to get healthy. Um, the options for that 
Travis Kelsey top of the list. Yes. Maybe Legereus Sneed. Certainly Tony. I, I thought that with McCall Hardman available, but not very much in use. I only saw him on the field once. I certainly could be wrong about that. We'll see what the all 22 and the, the snap counts come out. Um, I, I think they'd need to pepper him in a little bit, Matt. Uh, do you see any drastic changes or other players that really should be rested in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, that's where I, I think that the, some of the, the stats questions will absolutely come in. I mean, normally in a situation like this, you'd say it's a no-brainer that Travis Kelsey won't play. Um, but he is 16 yards away from 1,000. And it's going to be up to the, the Chiefs and Travis how close he is and whether they want him to go out there and play for a bit. Um, I can't imagine Patrick Mahomes playing. I mean, to a degree. I mean, I wouldn't even mind if they used a practice squad elevation on Chris Oladokun and just made him the backup quarterback next week behind Blaine Gabbard. I don't think there'd be anything wrong with that. Um, there's other guys that have some stats to play for. Chris Jones has a big bonus at 10 sacks, and he's at nine and a half. Um, Rasheed Rice has a chance to be a 1,000-yard receiver as a rookie. So there are some guys that you know you would be counting on in the playoffs who have some things to play for. Um, but when I asked Chris Jones after the game you know what he said, I mean, I, 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 his eyes started lighting up immediately because he knew he had nine and a half sacks, and he knew that he wanted to get the 10. Um, but then he also circled back to the end and to say, hey, uh, you know, whatever, whatever Andy Reid decides, it's fine by him because he's like, hey, you know, we're all hurting. We're all dinged up. We all can use the rest. So he would gladly take the rest if it meant that he, he you know, got the, the some time off next week and going into the playoffs. And since the Chiefs will not have a bye, this is their only rest that they would get going into the postseason. Um, I mean, there's a reason why it wouldn't it would make sense to sit a lot of guys and. Now, offensively, I, it always worries me because do you want to lose the momentum that you lost today? I mean, six of one, half dozen of another probably. But I would say with nothing to play for, there's no reason to risk anything. Rest as many of the guys as you can. I get it if you know the, the team and the players want to you know, get, some, get a couple of numbers. I mean, remember the Chiefs led Kareem Hunt get a couple of carries against Denver in 2017 when Mahomes started because they wanted to let him win the AFC rushing title. So it happens. And, and if that's the case, if, if Travis Kelsey wants to play as long as well, until he gets 16 yards, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything about it. Well, and I the, agree. the big question I have is, you know, with Chris Jones, the chiefs could make it to where they just give him the bonus regardless. I mean, teams have done that before. Uh, I, I, I don't know if Kansas city will or not. That's something to watch. Uh, you sit here and you look at this and we're at a situation where you have all these young guys that are going to get a chance to play next week. Uh, and Kansas City has a chance maybe to possibly get a guy like Brian Cook back, not next week, but maybe the week after for the playoffs. Uh, I don't know where he is on the ankle injury, but that's something that, uh, you know, could possibly play into how this is going to work out going forward. Uh, Rishi Rice, I think, is a guy that's going to need to play a couple of snaps. As you, you know, Matt, you and I kind of talked about this before we came on, and he needs more snaps. He needs more experience. He needs all of that. Uh, so I could see him playing – I think Kelsey probably pushes to get his 16 yards because I think it means something to him. And Andy Reid is the type of guy that will let those types of players, you know, make those types of choices at times. So we'll see. I'll take it either way. I think what it looks like to me then <clears throat> is if everything goes as you would expect for chalk, it looks like the Chiefs are going to have a wild card game. They're going to get to play the Buffalo Bills again. They're going to play the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's all perfectly acceptable. And right now, from where I stand here today, tonight, where we're at, I don't have a problem with any of that. They can beat any of those teams, including the Baltimore Ravens that spanked the Dolphins today. I am not concerned about that because I think matchup-wise, it's a different ballgame. But 
that has to double down on building from this point forward. There's no room to take a step back. There's no room for any more drops. We'll see what happens with who gets snaps at the wide receiver position because snaps are still a problem for one or two guys out here. But this has to be the launching point. There is no backtracking from this point. Am I wrong, Matt? No, I don't think you are. Uh, I mean, this is where this team is. And, you know, and, and that's that's the, the frustrating thing is that here you are in your week 17 and you've basically still got guys who you need to make plays who are not making plays. And it's it seems it seems kind of just ridiculous to me to a degree that we're in this spot because, you know, you've got a guy like MVS that's having a rough season. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's anything to pull him out of it. But at the same time, you're also talking about the likelihood of needing to go into the playoffs with, you know, still tweaking your wide receiver counts and, and getting the guys out there you think are going to put you in the best position. Because let's face it, he had another bad drop today. And I don't see that getting any better. But when you've got other guys who are making plays and getting better, I mean, when was the last time we really saw Rasheed Rice make a mistake? I mean, it's been a couple of weeks now. He just seems to be getting better and better, you know, as he goes. And he's certainly playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, there's other guys, you know, Justin Watson probably could really use some rest. I mean, I know he banged himself up again today when he, you know, had that ball go off his fingertips. Um, so once again, that gets into the rest category, but no, I mean, this, this team needs to go full, full bore going into the playoffs. And that's one of the reasons why I'm just a little hesitant on the idea of resting everybody because, some guys don't need rest. And like Chris said, I mean, I think Rasheed Rice is one of those guys, you know, right now I think it's as many snaps as you can get him right now for the better. Um, to me, it's not a worry about an injury with Rasheed Rice. It's more about, you know, just making sure he's as ready for the postseason as he can be because you're going to need him. Yeah. You're going to need several of these guys. And I personally, when I sit here and look at this, I'm sitting Sneed. Uh, I didn't even think he played this week. And to be able to come in and do what he did, uh, after not practicing at all this week was phenomenal. See, uh, we do need to get into the game balls really quick. So, Matt, who you got? Well, this is an embarrassment of riches because we could have taken probably easily a half dozen guys, and it's been a while since we've been in that spot. We've taken could have taken anybody on offense, defense, right. or special teams. But I'm going to go with the guy that, for me, not only was, a, I, I think, a standout the entire game, but also made what potentially could be one of the biggest plays for this team if they're going to go on a run. It's Rasheed Rice, the rookie, five catches, six targets, 127 yards, and not a single one of them was bigger than that 67-yard catch. First deep ball, big play that the Chiefs have had in a while. And that was a, that was a slump you know, breaker kind of play. Um, you could tell that the offense jumped around on that one. I think it even popped up the defense, too. Um, they need that. I mean, they, they wish they would have gotten in the end zone. And as Mahomes said, he's going to you know teach, uh, teach Rasheed how to get his knees up so he can get into the end zone next time. I thought he was a little <laughs> faster than that, but um, <laughs> I, that play, if the Chiefs are going to make a run in the playoffs, that play to me is something that you circle because that's what this offense needed. Um, they need to know that they can rely on, on Rice going into the postseason for not just around the line of scrimmage work, but that he can work downfield too because they, they will need another one of those big plays sooner than later. Yeah, him and the Yak, it's, fin it's fantastic to watch. Sorry, Ryan, go ahead. No, I can't argue with that at all. Um, there are a number of options uh, for me uh, with an honorable mention to Nick Bolton, who, who played a, a great game, especially given his injury, 13 combined uh, tackles. I thought Justin Reed uh, was not shouted out enough by the broadcast. I thought he put in a solid performance, um, particularly at the line of scrimmage, uh, not just on, on the blitz package, but being able to be around the line and support against Mixon in particular. Uh, but the guy for me that I think really 
got to the point where I can believe that he can be a difference maker. He continues to rise and continues that Chris Jones in particular, but Charles Menehue can build around. For me, it's George Karloffis. He he broke uh, that that 10-sack barrier that I said when he was drafted, I wasn't sure if he could attain. But if he did, he would be a foundational player for the, the franchise going forward from that. And with whatever's going to happen in the offseason with Chris Jones, I think he did just that today and set himself on that path. And if he can continue to rise just incrementally through this playoffs, he's going to be that guy that comes back next season you can build around. So George Karloff just gets mine today. Yeah, and I would I would say honorable mention to Justin Reed. Uh, and I have to say honorable mention to Isaiah Pacheco. I, I also have to say I loved his touchdown route. Uh, if you have a chance, go back and watch the route that he ran and the design of that play. That was fantastic for, uh, by the Chiefs. I have to give my game ball to Harrison Bucker. Uh, he alone beat the Bengals today. Uh, if he doesn't, if he's not clutch on those kicks, it's a completely different game. Uh, and Andy Reid made the right call. I was wanting him to go for it on fourth down a couple of times when they were closer to the end zone, and he kicked the field goals, and in, they got an eight-point victory. So uh, Harrison Bucker gets my game ball. I like it. Folks, we'd like to know who you thought had the best performance today, who can you rely on, and what comes next. Leave your comments down below here on YouTube and over on Spotify, on Apple, all the audio platforms. You can get us for free five days a week plus everywhere. You can also do the same thing with Chiefs Digest at ChiefsDigest.com or Chiefs Digest here on this platform. As soon as we're done, you can put that in your search bar and you will find Matt in all of his glory. Matt, thanks for spending the time staying late at the stadium and filling us in on the gaps that we have for the broadcast. We appreciate you. And Matt says that he appreciates you all as well after he's unmuted. I was just going to say that my, my laptop monitor blocks me from being able to tell you whether or not the, the Hunt family dog is pooping on the field this week. So, oh, well, hey, you know, sometimes that, that does go on. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to clean that up. My, my kudos to everyone who runs the grounds at Arrowhead. And thank you guys. Happy New Year. Stay safe out there. Enjoy the rest of your evening and welcome to 2024. We appreciate you and all of your support. Get in the text line at 816-357-8781. Welcome. Here come the playoffs. We'll catch you tomorrow.